0: well friends we've had our first session this morning setting the scene and pastor Thackway very ably has explained how we got here well this is I trust a little more positive as we try to define the necessity of truth what is to be our bedrock a non-negotiable please turn to Isaiah and chapter 59 if you have a Bible just a few verses so that we can launch from here Isaiah chapter 59 and I read verse 4 14 and 15 the prophet Isaiah says in verse 4 none calleth for justice nor any pleadeth for truth they trust in vanity and speak lies they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity and verse 14, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity, fairness, justice cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil make himself, maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. A time when Israel was separated from God because of their sin, as it tells us in verse 1. A time when there was no justice. Nobody pleaded for truth. These were dark days in the time of Israel. This is probably referring to Jerusalem. And the time, as it says in verse 14, Where truth was fallen, maybe there was a hope it would pick up again. Maybe people would see the need for truth. But in verse 15, it seems like it hits rock bottom. Truth faileth. Well, is that not a description of the times that we are in? We are told today we live in a post-truth age, as though truth was unimportant It was no longer required we don't need God's Word we don't need the truth that it alone defines no we have moved on now truth can be what you make it truth is for you and I can have a different truth so they say no need for objective biblically defined truth well Maybe we can see by looking in a few areas what happens when you remove truth as it was in the days of Isaiah. Illustratively, we can look at a number of areas where there is no truth. You think of communism. Whole countries, mostly years ago before the Iron Curtain fell and perestroika, whole countries controlled by the state, where truth was set according to the agenda of the government of that time and minds and thinking was controlled by the media and truth could be what they wanted it to be it was what the government said it was just think of the effects of that chairman mao 40 million people died under his rule a world without truth, communism. What about the Internet age that we now live in, more particularly the social media age that we'll come to, the Internet age? Nobody rules the Internet. There is no government for the Internet. Nobody says what's right and wrong, anything goes. As long as you've got access to broadband, you can put up what you like. The internet age, only driven by lies and by algorithms. The algorithms which give you more of what you've had already, more of what you want. You end up with a world which is shaped by your lusts and by your preferences, which, as we've heard already, are fallen. The internet age, what does it encourage? Pornography. Addiction, more of the same, because that's what the algorithm sends to you in ever greater quantities. What will AI, artificial intelligence, what will that do? It will read your mind and send you more of what your sinful heart and mind desires. The internet age. What about the world of social media? There's no government there, no government can control what Facebook and the other different channels publish. It's interesting, isn't it? That uh, one of the media channels that was started by Donald Trump, not a political statement, was called Truth Social. Truth Social. What should we put? How should we regulate what people say on the social media channels? Should we block those that put things out that don't fit with the progressive agenda? That's the big problem that the big media channels, Facebook and Instagram and all the others, should we block, should we control, or should there be freedom? Social media. What about COVID-19? A few years ago now, we can almost put it behind us. What happened in that time, those months where we were all adjusting? The governments had a version of the truth, didn't they? They told us some things, some of them were true, some of them weren't. They gave us the truth that they wanted us to hear and to believe. And then when Project Fear was over, Some people were too frightened to come out, COVID-19. Well, a fourth example of what happens where you remove truth, what about those many countries in the world where we have conspicuous corruption, where the governments manage the economy for their own benefit, they manage the rules for their own benefit, they abandon truth, You can go to many countries, and I think this is not an exception, in the UK, where now corruption is what rules, really. The get-rich-quick, what's good for me? Corruption. What will it lead to? Well, when a country becomes corrupt, investment falls. Confidence erodes. Very quickly, that country will go downhill. Isn't that what Isaiah was prophesying in those times? Truth has failed. Truth has fallen. Truth isn't needed anymore. Let's come secondly to look at what we might define as a biblical concept of truth. There is a word for truth in the Old Testament in Hebrew. And the word aletheia or variants of it for truth in the New Testament. We can say this let's try to define it. Truth is an inherent characteristic of God. God is truth. All three of the persons of the Trinity claim to be truth. Christ said, I am the way and the truth and the life. We think of the Holy Spirit. As the spirit of truth, and we worship God the Father, the God of all truth. Truth is revealed by God. Truth is the very essence of God. And therefore it's not surprising, is it, that if you remove God, you remove truth. God has a monopoly upon truth. It all originates from him. He is the source of all truth. Well, an interesting point here. Very often in the Bible where we see the word truth, it's connected with mercy or loving kindness or faithfulness. Let me give you some examples. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. Genesis 24 and 27. Let's think of another example. Genesis 32, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth. Mercy and truth, they're met together. Mercy and truth go hand in hand. If you take away truth, you take away mercy. And isn't that the society that we have today that doesn't care for the young, doesn't care for the elderly, put them in a home, doesn't care for the young to direct them and guide them in the paths of truth. Let's give another verse. Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, mercy and truth, hand in hand, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. You can't divorce, you mustn't divorce the two. Truth is a fundamental characteristic of God and if you try to divide it from its partner, mercy, there'll only be misery. The biblical concept of truth. Deuteronomy 32, 4. I want to labor the point. He is the rock His work is perfect, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is He. A familiar verse, Psalm 25 and verse 5 All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Every path that leads to God and from God is mercy and truth. God is truth, and truth is taught by God alone. Let's try to define what truth is. In the brief time that we have before lunch, give our attention to this. We try to define this bedrock that we build our lives and churches on. Let's define truth. The first thing that we can say is to repeat the point I've made Truth must and is tied to God's mercy. No truth, you have a cruel, unjust, lacking in compassion world. Mercy and truth are met together, Psalm 85, verse 10. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth tied to God's mercy. Secondly, when we found truth and when we know truth it will be totally consistent it will be like a stick of Brighton rock if they have that anymore wherever you cut it it will be the truth from one end to the other truth is fundamentally consistent all the way through is God's truth. And our lives should be about His truth. Our churches should be proclaiming His truth. And it should be our gold standard for everything that we stand for. Firstly, truth tied to God's mercy. Secondly, truth must be and is consistent. Thirdly, truth, if it is truth, will be and is unchanging, permanent. You can't have a truth one minute and not the next. You can't have a church saying, well, now we have the new truth. The Lord is doing a new thing as the charismatics misquote. No truth is the same. God doesn't change. And if God is the source of all truth which he is and his word which contains it, then truth cannot change. Fourthly, it doesn't matter where you are, we've got people listening today from Beirut in good numbers. We have people from many countries in Africa. It doesn't matter where you're from or where you are. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in or what your circumstances are, truth is independent of time and of place. That is absolute truth. And we reject completely this concept of relative truth. Truth for me and truth for you. It's an illogical absurdity. And it's driven so much of what's permeated into the church And into our thinking it's what's led to the gender confusion because I can be defined as a cat or a dog or one of the 70 how many other agendas, genders that are so-called impossible. What God says is a man and a woman and marriage, it cannot change because God doesn't change. And truth doesn't change. Well, let's add another one. Truth is comprehensive and complete. You know that old thing, it was only a white lie, it was only a half truth? No such thing. The truth, the truth and nothing but. The truth is what must preoccupy us. That's the fifth point. Let's come to perhaps the most important, the sixth aspect of defining truth. Christ is truth. If you don't know Christ, if you're not walking with Christ, you do not have the truth. He said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When he came, John said of Christ, he was full of grace, and truth the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ Christ is the personification of truth truth turned into a human being and yet still being the divine God let's add a seventh briefly truth is God's written word that even tells us it can't change it's been written what has been written has been written it will not it cannot change truth is God's written word there's a reason it was written thus says the Lord and that should be good enough for all of us let's add an eighth truth is required in and among all of God's people. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 51 and verse 6. What does the Lord require? Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. The Christian isn't defined by what they do, who they are, but on what they have within them. The engine that drives them, that encourages them to godly choices. Truth required in all of his people. Ninthly, just two more, truth ultimately must be and will be and has been revealed. And it isn't to be added to. It's not to be embellished. Charismatics do that. They add prophecy that was never intended, that's not there, that they speculate on. No, we stick to the plain Word of God. Truth is and has been revealed. God shall send forth, here's another one, His mercy and truth. Psalm 57 verse 10. And then the third, the final one, the tenth one. Truth will be hated. It's inevitable. It's actually a feature of truth if people despise it and if the enemies of God say no more. We come to where we started before we conclude. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth, for truth. Instead, they trust in vanity, emptiness, and they speak lies, and they conceive mischief, and bring forth lies. Well, let's finish here. Where do we ultimately see truth? The greatest battle that was ever fought was not fought on the seas or the trenches, The greatest battle ever fought was for truth. And it was the truth that was fought for at Calvary. Do you not see it? Have you ever seen this? The trials, the lies that were painted about Christ and told. There he was, it seemed, that lies had succeeded. The sinless saviour, Crucified. The trials. Faked. and Pilate asked that question, John 18, 38. What is truth? He knew that Christ was innocent. I find in this man no wrong. But he wanted to sidestep truth. He wanted to step out of the battle in an iconic moment he says those three words what is truth the same false reality that's repeated again and again today grudgingly acknowledging he's done no wrong but he won't stand for truth the relative relativist's question if it exists, does it matter? Does it exist? Does it matter? And yet, that's to misunderstand Calvary. Because what actually happened on the cross is that truth did triumph, Christ did succeed, the lies were trampled. The trials were proven to be fake and false, and he had the ultimate victory. And truth always will be vindicated. The truth always comes out. If you're falsely accused, don't worry. The truth will come out. Let me conclude with these five statements. Truth is absolute, and it's necessary. We can't function without it. And as God intended us to thrive and to be a flourishing people under God and with his help, not materially, but spiritually, if we love truth, we will know the blessing of Almighty God. Secondly, we have transparent and timeless truth in our hands the world needs to hear it if you're a pastor here get the truth out everywhere get Bibles as far as you can get them into every home in every school get them out and get the children in To hear what truth is defined from the age of three, four, five, tell them what is truth before the world gets to them. Thirdly, the church does not need to conform itself to the culture. It needs to proclaim the truth which is in Christ. We've had that said with A.W. Tozer's wonderful quote. Fourthly, Christ told us that his kingdom is not of this world. We shouldn't be surprised at the opposition and the hatred of truth and the progressive agenda sweeping America and coming to Europe because we're not of this world. Fifthly, Christ is the personification of truth. He alone sets us free from the tyranny and the lies of a truthless world. We lift up Christ. What is our task as believers to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ as we preach the gospel, as we live our lives Not always with our lips, sometimes just by the way we are and what we do and what we stand for and what we don't do. We will show the truth which is in Christ and it will draw people. People in the darkest of all times will be drawn to the light, the necessity of truth. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we need have no doubt. There is one perfect body of truth, comprehensive and entirely pure. We're thankful that it's consistent from beginning to end. We don't need to add to it, we mustn't take away from it. We're thankful that in Jesus Christ we see the fullness of truth. O Heavenly Father, may in these difficult days, may we stand and proclaim and love the truth. So help us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.